Hey everyone, this is Aaron Weike. This next episode was recorded on March 5th, so well ahead of COVID-19 and everything we are all experiencing right now. I just wanted to pop in ahead of that as we haven't published it until now in mid-April and didn't want the conversation, our tone, or our excitement for certain things to be taken out of context. So. Thanks for listening. We hope everyone is well, and we hope to get on the other side of this soon. Uh, with that, we'll bring you the third part of Selling Gather Up, and Darren and I will be back in a couple of weeks to give a further update on how our businesses are doing now during COVID-19 and the pandemic. Episode 18. Selling Gather Up, part three, the transition. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrapped SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode. From Aaron Waikie of Gather Up and Darren Shaw Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. And welcome to the month of March. Things are taking off quickly in 2020 for me. I don't know. What, what, what's that look like for you, Darren? Has the first two months of the year been a, a blur or a, a little slow progression into the year? been pretty blurry. We have a lot of stuff going on right now. So yeah, it's just, it's been busy. Like, and I'm just really excited about everything that we're building right now. So it's gone by like nothing. Where'd those two months go? Yeah. Do you ever feel like, you know, you're already looking, especially like at the end of this month when you're like, okay, Q1 of the year is done. And now I only have nine more months to accomplish all my hopes and dreams for the year. Do you you ever look at that that early and just feel like, oh my gosh, I'm behind the eight? No, I have the I have a really terrible sense of time, and so I always think everything is going to be like everything. In my, all my hopes and dreams are going to launch in like the next three weeks. Like that's that's what I always think. <laughs> but then then it ends up like nine months later, right? Yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of I've got I don't I don't understand how time works, and so <laughs> it always it always takes a lot longer than I think. So I feel like I feel like we're on the cusp of launching everything, and it's all just about to happen. But then you know, there's a testing phase and tweaking phase and beta testing phase. And so it just ends up taking a lot longer. But um, I just really feel like this is the year, man. All my hopes and dreams, they're just about to burst out of our email newsletter. Oh my God, look what we launched. It's going to happen. We've got like a few few things lined up. They're all really close. That's awesome. I love the internal optimism too. That means like all the way up until December 31st, you're still like, yeah, we're going to get it out there. Just wait. Well, even if that rolled around December 31st, 31st, I'd be like, guys, two more weeks. We're almost there. <laughs> so close. Uh, I you just feel perpetually like, ah, two more weeks. I'm always so damn excited. Uh, <laughs> you, you've definitely dropped that before in past episodes that you feel like you're always saying just two, just a couple more weeks. <laughs> it's always two more weeks. That's my, it's, it's a running joke at White Spark, actually. Two weeks. How long? Because people will ask me, like, how long is that going to take? And I just, by default, I just say two weeks now. That's awesome. Yep. How about you? How's it been the first couple months of 
the year in the new new company structure. Yeah, and then that's you know definitely a lot of well what we want to talk about today is you know post yep. sale and um, what that transitions uh, been like. Um, you know in in the day to day business realm though um, it's been really good because we we had so many things that almost kind of started to like log jam and and be on the same uh, path. Um, at, at the same time towards the end of the year. And that really caused us to like pause and then look at how do we release these in the best cadence to start the year. So it became very much like, all right, this is going to happen on January 15th. This is going to happen on January 31st. This is going to yep. happen on February this date. And so we we're able to take like, you know, three to four larger things and really map them out ahead of time. And then, you know, just a normal plan the work and then work the plan. Um, and yep. that went really well for us. And nice. yeah, kind of all wrapped up last week with um, our new user management uh, system, which is, it, it's it's really cool. This is one of those things not to like, I don't want to get uh, too far off on a tangent with this, but you know, when you release certain features, um, it's a lot of fun because they have a lot of uh, sex appeal to them and it might be innovative or no one's doing it in a certain way. And that can be really fun. And when you get into like user management, this is one of those plumbing things and, and under, yeah, totally. uh, underlying fabrics that it's like, no one gets all that excited about it. It comes up in conversations and things like that, but it never escalates to the point where it's like, you know, this has to be dealt with or this is a must or anything else. But, you know, yeah. la- last year we really started looking at things related to our user management just because we get a lot of just kind of different setups and how people want to handle it and, and things like that. And for the life of our product, we basically have always had just like two user types. One was the account owner, which, you know, could only be one person being the account owner. And then everyone else on the system was just a user. And then that user had, I think we had five different special permissions that would either enable or limit that user and what they could do. And it was unbelievably basic. But for thousands and tens of thousands of users, like it, it worked and it was never a big enough, yeah, it was never a big enough pain where people are like, I just can't do this anymore. Um, But last year we really started thinking like, you know, how do we improve this? What are the things that we've been asked? Um, And we started modeling it out, really started happening at our summit. Um, I kind of put together a really loose structure and brought it to the team as a whole when we were face to face and said, this is how I see this. This is how I think this could work. And let's just start poking holes in it and see what buy-ins there. And then after an hour discussion, everybody was kind of like, you know, half nodding their head like, yeah, yeah, I think this can work. Um, and the the outcome of it, you know, about six months of work and it turned into a system where we created really six distinct user roles. And then inside of each role, you know, it's a it's a uh, like upgrade basis, right? Like at the lowest end, you have a read only, uh, then you have a contributor, then you have a team member. Mm-hmm. Um, so each user level steps up into what you can do. And then to take it one step um, further, you know, that that type of structure isn't anything earth shattering. But what we did inside of yeah. each role is give you a specific set of on and off toggles that allowed you to really customize the role um, and change it for how you wanted it to work. So not only did you have like these five, six designated roles that you can just switch someone between being an admin and a team and that will limit or enable what you need them to do. Um, but now you can, I can go into the team member role and I might have 10 options that I can turn off or turn on depending upon what the default is for that role. Um, so really, 
made it limitless. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being one of those things that was really cool because one, everyone on our team like touched being part of building that feature, right? We wanted to know yeah, to, we wanted yeah. to know how everyone in customer success felt about it and product and sales, you know, all, all these different angles. So everyone had a say in it. Um, number two, I really felt like we built something and, and I get there'd be all kinds of roadblocks based on the, how you've built your product and the tech stack. But I, I really look and I'm like, all right, we've, we've built this user management, the, the thought process and the strategy we took with it. And this could like be a product all by itself, right? Like just in theory, if you said, here's a great yep. way f- to solve user management between the roles you have and the amount of uh, customizable permissions and things like that and how easy it is to use and what the interface is. Like, I totally think it could be its own product. It would be, you know, it's just a utility. It's a non, you know, sexy marketing, none of that kind of stuff. Um, and then the last part is like, it touches all of our customers. Like we, when we flipped the switch on this, it changed for everyone on the same day, right? So thousands of accounts um, changing over at once. And we had like, you know, I'm knocking on wood at the same time. This is over a week ago. We had a handful of small things that needed a small tweak or a correction. Like, and that that was just really gratifying. Right. Well, the people in the old system, whatever the user management was, those would have just migrated over yep. to the new system and nothing would have changed for them, right? So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. We just mapped them from where they were, right? We just basically created a map that yep. if you're this type of user with these two permissions, then you would become a contributor in the new user roles. Um, so, but it was a exactly. very large, like yep. all of the things that had to be thought of and how things were tied in and the mapping of roles and communication around it and how we gave early access to some of our bigger customers and did calls with them. Um, it was just, it was a really big thing uh, to do. And it was also a hard decision to use all the resources to do that. But I pretty much feel like now, like yep. if someone asks us to do anything with user roles for and user management for the next 10 years, we can just be like, no, it's already, our system's well beyond anything else you're using so we're not doing anything. yeah yeah you've got yeah. full control yeah. really. so anyway that was a very long long winded on that but it's like it, it was really it was really cool to me i was super proud of our team i shared that with them just this week and like realized this is like just something non you know this isn't a head turner for people but our team actually did a really head turning job with how they approached it how we executed it and how we brought it to market within the product which is really cool. nice yeah i could learn something there i think I often like on the software side of things, I mostly just talk to dev about it. And sometimes we flip the switch and we're like, you know, to us, we don't think it's a big deal. We don't even promote it. Be like, yeah, we flip, we just launched a new feature and we just move on with our lives. It makes us, makes the software better. Right. But I think there's a great opportunity for us to, you know, get support involved, get marketing involved, like really take the time to communicate it well and, you know, get the best mileage out of it too. Right. It's another marketing opportunity. And so some of these little things that we, obviously the thing you just launched wasn't a big wasn't wasn't a little thing it was a huge thing but it just makes me think about what i need to do with some of our upcoming launches for sure yeah i i I can say one of the most important things that we do is talking with our support and customer success team and when we put something out there saying like all right Mm -hmm. how many different problems does this solve for you in tickets you answer chats you have um whatever else and are we missing something that would really take it over the top that we should consider so that that's a very valuable group because 
because they're always talking to your customers. Yeah, we look at that too. Like I have a, a call every two weeks with the support team and they raise issues that are constantly recurring, like people that have a complaint about this or that. And so that's how we, we try to prioritize a lot of the features that we launch yep. based off nope, of that. Very smart move. All right. Yep. All right. So do you want to talk about uh, about what it's like in uh, the new version of GatherUp ever since you've been acquired? Yeah. I mean, mostly I want to like, you know, tie off our uh, three-part series here and then we can return to our normal format where yep. you're talking as much as I'm talking and I don't have to be put on the spot anymore. So I'm... <laughs> oh, I don't think I'll ever talk as much as <laughs> now you Now you sound like my wife. <laughs> Uh, but yeah um so you know just taking a look at everything after the sale right it's like we covered the why in part one the entire process in in part two um it's been really fun too i've gotten a number of like emails and tweets and linkedin messages people you know just saying that they've enjoyed it and looking forward to the next part in it um, and that was the whole goal, right? It's why you and I decided to do this is like, how could yeah. we bring this to light? Because I, I really felt, I felt like I was, you know, I didn't have enough resources that I felt like applied to our situation when we were entering it and going through it. Um, and I thought, well, if we can put some stuff mm-hmm. that's out there and I can share what was specific to to ours and some of the thinking and the emotional pieces, and that's helpful so that someone else has one more little thing to go off of in, in their process, then it's totally Totally worth it. Yeah, totally. These are great episodes. Well, hopefully, them. they will be good for all time, right? So, yeah, yeah. I think you know a, a quick high level summary, and then um, you know let you kind of uh, pick away at uh, some questions and see where things morph from there. But you know, at this at this point, sure. we're roughly yeah. uh, 120 days out, so you know, four full months um, out from the the close of the sale, um, and really much of it, like we're we're still in the transition period. Like, like some things um, have definitely started to show their path and the direction they're going and what it's going to be like, but there's still plenty of others that are up in the air or you just haven't like worked across that scenario or that situation in it yet. So um, by by no means is yeah, like, sure. oh yeah, well the transition was the first 30 days or the first 90 days. Like I, I can easily say at 120 days, yeah. like, yeah, no, we're it, there's still transition that's happening in, in different ways and different elements. Yeah. This, uh, this particular episode of the three-part series is the one that I guess they're all super interesting to me, but I'm really keen on this one. I'm like, I'm imagining this this day that if if White Spark ever sold, what would it be like? Like, they, I would I would assume they would want me to be still in the company, and then what's it like like answering to somebody else? How do they change the structure? What is the com- how does the company culture change? How do you integrate with that new leadership? And you know, I'm that's I'm really keen to hear about all of those things. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it. Cool. Well, hopefully we cover all of that and then some. Yeah. You know, one one thing, I guess, one area where I I just want to start with that's usually the first question that people ask me after the acquisition and things like that, where, you know, did did you have to stay, right? Was it, um, you know, was it part of the the purchase agreement, uh, as it's usually referred to, golden handcuffs, where you might have an earn out, um, you know, and that's very uh, popular in deals, especially with things in in service businesses because they want to maintain consistency. So you might get X amount of the deal uh, up front 
out and then another percentage after a year and another after two. And then maybe at at three years, then you're like, you fully have earned out um, what what the purchase was. Uh, And and in our case, it wasn't that at all. The deal was uh, 100% cash at close. Um, And two of our founders, Don and and Thomas, uh, chose to to roll off and move in different directions. Um, Don had already embedded himself in a a new position working with uh, Ford in their mobility program. Um, so he was kind of already on a, a different path mm-hmm. um, with me running the company. Um, but, you know, Mike Blumenthal and I just looked at it. And I think the biggest things is like, one, we just, we really love what we're doing and love yep. the product that we've created and and what it does. And, um, you know, the the both of us to one degree or another, we're like, yeah, I, w- I want to keep going and I want to see what things look like on, on uh, the other side of this. And, you know, f- specifically for me, it was, I had been given all the votes of confidence, like, you know, your plans for the product, we're not going to mess with those. We want you to keep doing um, what you're doing. We would love to have you and and keep running, gather up and, and those kind of pieces. So yep. all, all of those things were for me specific to gather up, you know, felt like, yeah, this is what I want to keep doing. I'm not done in what I wanted to create here and um, put out into the world. Yeah. I find that really surprising that like a company would buy gather up and not want to keep like that they didn't put that right in the contract like how do they feel that they have the confidence to come in here and just be like okay well cool see you guys later we got it here <laughs> it's like how do they how are they gonna keep everything running and just like I, I i can't imagine buying the company and not like locking in the primary decision makers for a good year at least you know you and before you can transition it's just amazing to me like i just it feels like gather up wouldn't be as successful if all four of you had left you know yeah well i mean it i think it would be a successful just maybe different right yeah it would be different for sure yeah and i think that's a that's probably one of the biggest uh challenges through all of this stuff is like emotions right i've already talked about the emotions during the process and um all those kind of things and and there's a lot of that to this too because you've created this you you look at it and you you have some amount of thinking to yourself like oh you know no one could do it as well as me i have historical knowledge and i have this feel for it and i have all these other things but you know the the truth is like that's not 100% true. It's true in the version of the story that you're telling, but there's also other versions of that story that could be equally successful. Sure. And I think in, you know, in the case of Alpine Software Group, they had already purchased, you know, seven, eight other companies, consolidate a couple um, that were, you know, under kind of the, the same path of things. Um, but they had already operated that way where, you know, none of those founders stayed on board with it and short transition and then they took it over. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure, right, they look in the process and they look at like, what is the product? What market does it serve? What are the metrics? What are the numbers? And they look at those and without emotion, they're able to say like, you know, yes, this the business's metrics are healthy. Here's what's going on. And there isn't any one person inside that company that's like making or breaking it. Are there, you know, are there individuals that add to it and make it more special or better or serve it really well in a certain time frame? Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. But like, will this product or this company die from one person being absent? No. Yeah, sure. I guess that would be the same. Like, you know, and I think there probably maybe there are things that I do as the founder that that aren't as efficient as someone coming in with, you know, fresh eyes, you know, seeing it and having a different perspective on it. So yeah, I think it's interesting. So like, if I was in that position to sell what I want to stay on, would I be required to stay on? I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. And at the, the highest levels, I would share when, you know, we were having discussions in the office 
offer between, you know, the the four of us main shareholders between Don Thomas, Mike and I is at the end of the day you have to understand no matter what you are selling control. Yeah, totally. Right? So you're you're trading money for control. So if there's any part of that that doesn't sit right with you or you want a little bit of each, yep. it's probably not the right deal sure. for you, yeah. right? Or you just need to heavily structure the purchase agreement and how it's going to move forward and everything else so that you like maintain some of that control, right? Where maybe you don't sell all of uh, the company that's there. Um, you only are going to sell them 60% of the company or 70% or mm-hmm. different things like that, right? There's a lot of different ways to to make a deal. But the way ours was presented, it was definitely going to be a, either like all in or all out as far as your ownership yep. shares and then deciding, yes, I want to stay on and here's the role that I would see myself serving and, and bringing to the table and why I want right. to do it. So, okay, like after you sell, what, uh, like, how do you start setting all this up? How do you like figure out how things are going to change? What was it like in the beginning of uh, the first, you know, first little while? Yeah. So, you know, interesting enough at, at some point in time, like my head starting to th- started to think through the sales process, right? Because it at, at some point during the sales process, I realized when we we're like 30 days out from closing um, and when you'd have those moments of not being emotional about it, you'd realize like, all right, this, this deal is going to close. Yeah. So now as a, as a leader, as someone who likes to have a plan and a strategy, like I started wanting to know like factually, how will things be different and what will this look like and, and start to map some of that out. Um, and I can easily say like my mind probably moved there faster than our acquirer's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I felt like I was asking a bunch of questions at first that just kind of got like, yep, we'll get to that. You know, we'll get to that. Right. They were still all focused on the, the acquisition itself. Sure. Um, and some of it, you know, maybe it's not normal and they probably hadn't been around that before, especially if no one else had ever stayed on. Right. Yeah. So, they didn't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. So I think there's some things with us that were a lot different that were first time that maybe, you know, they would do differently if, if they went back again, but there's definitely an area where things had a lot of more gray to them than what I wanted. Um, but slowly but surely kind of um, fell into place, ended up working with um, uh, the chief operating officer for ASG MarTech, Alice Song. Um, mm-hmm. And Alice just did, you know, she eventually kind of stepped in as my like go-to to get answers from and to talk about things or, you know, at least put it in some kind of light that I could understand with it. Um, so that that was helpful in starting to like map out some of the, the bigger things and have a, a good line of communication into the new owners, even before, you know, it had actually take place. Right. Um, because I didn't want to write. It's just like, yeah, we closed the deal. And then the next day you're like, so what do we do? How does this change? Right? Yeah, exactly. it's like, I wanted to be a little more prepared than that. You had some prep work done. Yeah, exactly. Um, but one of the things that uh, I think that uh, ASG did really, really well is they basically set up an, what they called an integration day. So it was roughly about two weeks after our close. They mm-hmm. flew our entire North American team out to Seattle and we had a full day and a half that was um, structured around integrating our team with the new ASG team. Um, So there was a number of things in it that were like really, really um, solid pieces uh, that were like helpful to our team, you know, across the board. You know, one was being able to like um, see faces and get to meet the humans, right? Instead of just like, oh, this entity, this company bought us and I know none of them uh, and everything else. So it put a, a face on people, which I think was really important. And especially 
especially for a remote company as well. For sure. Um, and, yeah. and I would say our team also enjoyed, right? We had just had our team summit in the end of September. And here we are like six weeks later and everybody's back together again, which is, yeah, that's nice. you know, yeah, really cool. Our team really liked that. Um, but the, the format of the day they put together, it really started off with like n- naming your fears, right? And being able to say like, here's what scares me about this acquisition. Here's what's uh, stressful about it. Um, here's how it could affect me. Um, and it was a very like open format that I think it really opened everyone's eyes to like, okay, everybody here probably has some amount of fear to it or unanswered questions or some anxieties um, and making everyone feel like they're they're not alone in it, right? And these are common questions and they're questions yeah. that we can work to answer over time. Did they structure that? Like, so when you came to this meeting, this is something that they, do they do this with all their acquisitions? They kind of have this integration day and they have this structure for it where that's, you know, it's the first thing, like name your fears is the kind of thing like they kind of work through? Yeah, I can't, I can't speak for if they've done it for their all, but yeah, they hire, they brought in a facilitator to lead this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like she came in and was the one driving the content and the exercises we were going through. And, you know, some things you'd break down into a one-on-one, other were like group things where like you'd move around the room and like in the center of the room was like a label on the floor that said the acquisition. And she would ask a question and say like, hey, if, you know, the acquisition heavily uh, affects or gives you emotions around what I just stated or asked, you know, go to the center. If it matters less to you or doesn't impact you as much, stay to the outside. So you could see where other people stood in position and then they would say, okay, because of where you're standing, how do you feel? Um, Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was really, really interesting. And and to me, it was really well done. It was, um, it was one of those things that like instantly from like the first exercise and the way they like they um, it was actually Alice and the facilitator when they first did it um, like one of the first things was just like Alice answered with like very truthful raw emotion about it and it was like it instantly set the stage at least for me I guess I can't speak for everyone yeah. but I was like oh this is not just going to be corporate mumbo jumbo on this and like uh, you know going through the motions like this this will actually be real um, and so yeah it was it was really well done and then another section was, you know, uh, just kind of creating vision for success, right? Helping everyone see that success in this was like massively probable. um, And that the failure while, you know, somewhat possible was very minimal in it. And so that that was just really, um, really cool to get everybody seeing that this is where this is trending. So maybe by naming your fear and putting it out there and hearing others, you can put it away and move on with it. Right. Now, you would assume that a company, uh, you know, in this position that's buying other companies, they're, they're not going to buy a company that they don't see a pretty clear vision for success. And so they're able to name that and help everyone in the company see it from their perspective, which I think would be really valuable. It's like, here's where we're at now. Well, now that you're part of ASG, this is where we're going to be in the next five years. And so that could even be exciting for everyone, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, in the case um, with our company too, is like getting to meet a lot of people who might be peers to you when... So it's like gaining a whole bunch of new hires all in one day. And so yep. you get to meet them and talk to them and find out what they deal with in their line of business and, and things like that. So, I mean, just all around after that day and a half, I really felt like a lot of um, nerves were calmed. A lot of anxiety was uh, reduced. And I think people were really excited. And the cool thing to me is it, it hit for people because of talking about how you personally felt and emotions, things like that. Like it was both well done on a personal level, but also on a professional mm-hmm. level in seeing the success of the company and where things could go 
and how some of the things might work and and those type of elements. So I, I th- it was like I said, it was really really well done. I was like, okay, I'm if I'm if I'm ever part of this on either side in any position ever, like this yeah. concept of the integration day and and what it's really about, like I'm yeah. I'm all in. I would push for that all day long. Yeah. Did you all take turns like uh, dancing around a fire and screaming at the top of your lungs? Did you do any of that kind of stuff? I think at some point I might have been doing that in my mind, um, but <laughs> I, I definitely didn't do it. You know, I, I will say when we did the uh, the one exercise where I talked about where like acquisitions in the middle and people are walking around and I, I think one of the questions was like, you know, how how has this impacted or how do you, you know, how has this impacted your, your life recently or whatever else? And that was a really easy for one for oh, me to like, I stood just right on top of it, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's talk to some extremes and person outside the circle and then person inside, you know, somebody right on top of it. And for me, it was like, you know, I, I, my voice cracked. I was tearing up, right? Cause in the, yeah, I was, totally. I was present in the moment and I was thinking about all the things you know, that I had like, I felt like I had cheated my family out because of how much I've been working. So time lost and being present and all of those kind of things where it was just like, it was a really emotional uh, moment for me. Um, So I had probably my own, you know, walk on hot coals moment at that time. And uh, then, then, then it subsided. That was probably a little bit of a pressure valve going off for myself. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So, and I think that side, I mean, the, the other thing to, you know, share personally, right? Like structure, company business wise the integration day was just really really well done and it it also made me respect ASG as a company where I was like mm-hmm. that's really smart right and it shows yeah. that you're investing in the people and you want the transition to be great and everyone to feel respected and welcome so that was that was all great but you know just to that same like you know release of emotion and things like that like the first you know and and luckily with the timing being the end of the year I really looked at it and and I was at least able to realize like, all right, I have to like get myself back to feeling normal by the start of the year. Um, right. So after, you know, 80 hour weeks, the stress of it, leading separate lives between what you know and how the company's operating day to day, because you're not sharing it with the entire team, all those things. Like I, I was, I was really burnt out. I was really emotionally. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, and they were really supportive of that, right? Alice was like, right. I was gonna ask. Yeah. She was like, take what you need to figure it out. Um, you know, and part of me is like, I, I wasn't just going to walk away for 45, 60 days and be like, oh, I'll pick it back up. Yeah. Um, but I definitely scaled back down to like 30 to 40 hour weeks, which as you know, as a, as a entrepreneur running a company, like that's, I, I can work 30 hours a week while I'm on vacation, just checking email and doing different things to keep things mm-hmm. moving. So it's like, but it was much more normal instead of the, you know, 60 plus hours. We took two family vacations. I tried to like just really be present with my kids and my wife um, and like just mm-hmm. keep myself off of Slack at night and email and not, yeah. you know, not be as responsive and as immersed and and all yeah. those things. I flow like that all the time. Like I'll have busy periods where I have to work most evenings and then I'll have periods where I'm like, yeah, no, like months will go by and I'm like, you know, after 5 p.m. I'm done. Yeah. Just leave it like that. So good for you. I think I think that's something as an overall I I need to get better at um, doing from time to time. Yeah, yeah, it's I feel like the company's grown into a good position where I'm able to do that. Right, I don't, I don't have to put in the sixty plus hours a week. Everything still runs fine. I, what I want to do, I want to get to twenty hours a week. That's what that's my goal. Twenty hours a week, 
have my mornings to myself, uh, work in the afternoon, just checking in. And that really comes down to getting a good leadership team in place. And so that's where I'd like to get to in the next little while. Awesome. I, and little while, like a few years, yeah, right? I, I see that as a good future episode, talking about how to get yourself in that position. Yep, totally. So I think, you know, some of the other things to to share is like, you know, we can probably dive into some of the, the challenges, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what now that you've done this transition, it's your company is different. You know, it's like the, the way you ran things before, you had full control. I'm really interested in that like aspect of what kind of control did you have to give up? Who do you answer to now? You know, like now you have to answer to somebody you didn't have to before. Yeah. Yeah. So I basically report to Alice song who's the coo um and so yeah she's my boss for the first time in a very long time and um you know what what is really great is i like very early on had a really great rapport with her um i I think it's one of those where i can easily say like alice is a good human being first and that makes it really Mm -hmm. easy to interact of course she's very intelligent and, and all these other things but like she's somebody that you can see just has natural empathy and things like that is a great listener right. and, and whatever else. So that part um, definitely made that easier. But it is it is weird. You know, there's a number of things where it's like, I have to check myself and be like, all right, I should probably either ask for permission or make this known um, right. or, or, you know, put yeah. that out there. And it, it it definitely changes your your mind frame. And I might even be like over asking for permission in some things or have, have some things where I don't actually have have to share it, but your mind just goes there now because it isn't just you to answer to. Sure. Now you have a boss and you're like, hmm. So like normally, like let's say something on the customer service team comes up, they're asking you to make a decision on something. Do you, are there some things that seem relatively minor that you would have just made the call, but now you're like, well, I guess I better run it by Alice. No, I, I, I'm allowed to like operate within those ways pretty easily. I, I would say the biggest thing it comes yeah. down to is money, right? If it's anything oh, having sure. to do with, you know, financials, money, spending money, yeah. a hire, any of those things, like I'm where in the past I would either do it and then if it was over a certain amount, I would definitely share it with the partners and be like, hey, just so you know, I'm deciding to, to do this or, or whatever else. Or if it was big enough, then I would say, I'd like to do this. Are you guys in agreement? Um, but they had already said, you know, hey, you're, you're here to do what you want and, and how you want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, it mostly comes down to those things. You know, some of them are, you know, there might be a few things strategically where it's just like, okay, based on what this is or what it reaches across. Um, and I, I just look at like, all right, if I was in her position, would I want a heads up on this? Right. And that's probably the biggest way right. I try to operate is just like putting myself in her shoes and in her position. And, you know, is this something I should be aware of? And if so, then I need to put it in front of her. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. So that's good to know, though, that you don't have to run by like the little tiny nuances, every little thing. You still have yes. control of running the company for, for the most part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. And by no means, like if I was being micromanaged, I'd probably I wouldn't be around like that just yeah. wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't work and I don't I don't sense any of that um, happening at all so yeah and obviously I'm sure she doesn't want to get bothered by all the little things either no no she's got bigger fish to fry as well she's she's yeah. in essence you know running seven seven companies or overseeing seven companies so she has plenty to do yeah uh-huh um, and so do they something that must change is you have this vision for the company um, and they maybe have a slightly different vision 
vision and they have new metrics to meet and new goals to meet. Like how, how has that changed? Yeah. I mean, the, the first one that absolutely hits you in the face is probably more of the, you know, financial and those type of metrics and goals. Um, just because I, I think it too, it all relates, you know, we're very much of always the mindset. We definitely cared about the numbers. We looked at our numbers, we're reviewing them monthly and everything else. Um, but we were also the ones like setting and making our own goals. And it, it just gives you a different feeling than when someone else comes in and says, okay, here's your numbers, right? Like here, here's yeah, what you're yeah. going to hit for revenue or margin or, or, or these things. Um, right. And were those numbers like way bigger than yours? And you're like, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Parts of them were like definitely if if we had to make them just ourselves it wouldn't have been those numbers um but but i also think right. like that's the beauty of some of this too is because just as we were talking about before with emotions like you're able to set goals and say like oh all right that won't that isn't emotionally uncomfortable for me to set the goal here or to make this decision or to do this thing where when someone else comes in from the outside they're not going to have any of that emotion and they're just going to play it straight by the business decisions and the financial decisions and so right I look at that. It's yep. like, yeah, there's some cons in there, but there's also some pros in there that I can easily appreciate. Be like, okay, this is probably good. I'm pushed out of my zone on this, and let's let's get after it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Did they uh, did they change anything in terms of like the way you operate, the that kind of stuff? Uh, a little bit, just because of the like, and I don't know if I'll be able to. I would say the easy way to look at this is the kind of how the existing companies are operated is like director level and up at ASG MarTech are like all centralized, right? So they're like the the director Uh of product sits over the top of all six products. Um, And then once you get down, then there is a product manager for an individual product. So some of that has been a little tricky and just to like where those things intercede, especially um, for me, uh, because just as we talked about, like there isn't a single other founder from these other companies, at least that, that I'm aware of. I haven't met every single person across all the teams yet but like mm-hmm. I'm the only like CEO of just a company within it so I'm, I'm kind of on this island that's like I'm not in like the the org chart to some sense of ASG MarTech um, but I right. also like am interacting and operating with that director level as well so and I think that's that's both different for them um, and me so I think there's still kind of a lot to be figured out there and like how things flow and where they go and and pieces like that. Yeah. Are you operating as the product manager now? Like, so the other six have a product manager because the founders left. But in your case, the CEO didn't leave. So do you just fill that role for them? They don't need a product manager? No, I mean, we still still have our product manager. So if anything, I fit more of the role of like the VP of product or the chief product officer. Like I'm still deciding those things. So if anything, I almost like I replace their, their director of product that would normally be sitting there and working through those things like he's not doing that with us right it's like and they've, they've given me yeah. you know the full rights to like continue to work on a roadmap for what i have set out there and what i put in place now you know we've sat down and i've laid it out and we've talked about it and they're like yep totally makes sense good and everything else um and, and it's one of those yeah. where i look at them like hey if we're making our numbers and making the things happen i will continue to probably have that um if something mm-hmm. falls out of whack somewhere else then maybe they end up more involved i 
I don't know. But, you know, so far they've been very true to their word on on that side of things. And they haven't, you know, they haven't really put anything in, in front of me that says like, oh, no, you, you know, don't build that feature or we need you to build this feature, do that. Like they've completely stayed out of that yeah. part of it. What are some of the things that you used to have to do? So this is part of your role that you no longer have you know, as part of your role. Any Anything or is it business as usual? And then and I would, I'd ask the same question for like different teams, right? Like your marketing team or your your support team. Like I'm just curious about how things have changed for them and things that they don't have to do anymore. Yeah. So I think one of the things that's reducing for me is like direct reports into me. Um, I probably had seven or eight people just based on our structure and what that looked like out of our 21 people that were reporting to me. Yeah. Um, but now we're kind of like peeling those off and it's like, okay, this person that's in marketing is going to report to their director of sales and marketing. Um, and this person in this position is going to report to this. So right. um, it's helped uh, from that side of it with me. Um, and very much so like when Alice and mm-hmm. I are discussing, like it's probably one of the biggest things that you know she's talked to me about is like delegate, get stuff off your plate, get others doing more, um, things like that, which is a little bit hard for me just because I'm like, I, I'm just to like grab whatever I can and try to do it. Um, so we're working sure. on that. So that, that part has uh, definitely been a, a good thing. Um, and a lot of it is just, you know, still very much the same. It's just the process to get there or having to, you know, circulate it or communicate it a little bit that now is just a, a, a little bit different or you have to be a little bit more thoughtful with. Yeah. I, I wanted to quickly go back to something you said about how the goals have changed and the metrics, the numbers that they're giving you. Do they give you those new, new numbers, but then also provide insight and strategy on how you're going to meet those numbers like that you might not have thought of on your own? Are they bringing in like direction and leadership in that area in a, in a way that, you know, is really helpful for the business? You're like, oh, wow, this is a great idea. And now I can see how we could get how we could two times our numbers that we originally were planning for. Um, Boy, I would say a little yes and a little no. Um, it, it's definitely not an overwhelming tidal wave because, you know, quite frankly, to, to some aspect, it's like they bought you because they see the trend you're going on, right? Right. The, yep. you know, on one side, like some of our goals, like our revenue goals, I didn't feel like, oh, that's crazy. We can't hit those. We can't grow that fast or whatever. Like a lot of those were very much in line with what I would expect for ourselves. Um, you know, the area sure. where things tightened up probably a little bit more was just on budgeting and what our bottom line is. Um, and from that aspect, it, it, it's easy to, it's not hard to see like why they created the budget that way or think about it that way or, you know, um, and there's definitely some efficiencies outlined and things like that. Um, but that's something that I would just say we never ever did. We just always look like, okay, almost, you know, the vast majority of dollars that we're going to make, we're going to pour back in to grow because we want to continue to grow in this direction. Um, and yeah, that's how I operate. Yeah. And they're just, they're very much more disciplined about it. Um, but again, I look at it as another good learning experience where I can see like, okay, you know, I, I think we would have hit these same sales numbers even with without this happening to to some extent um, or been in the ballpark of them. But we wouldn't have been as profitable or, you know, created uh, some of that margin. And this is a, this is a, you know, yep. a little bit more disciplined and a little bit more formatted in looking at it that way. So, so yeah, they would, they would slow hires and expenses and those kinds of things. Did they cut any expenses? Yep. No, didn't really cut expenses, but we, we definitely dove into areas where like, where are their efficiencies? Um, and those kind of things came from, you know, certain vendors or suppliers where it's like, great, we already have two other companies that also use Twilio. So let's 
negotiate a group contact contract based on the usage we have between the three companies instead of just you on your own. Um, yeah. So there's definitely some, you know, efficiencies in, in that structure. Oh, smart. And, yep. and I think, you know, at the same time, you know, to be fair, yep. they're, they're learning about us and the nuances and the things that go on with that as well. So it's not like they're going to have every mm-hmm. answer day one or day 30 or even day 90 with what that's going to look like. Like I, I do think so much of like year one with this for both sides is just like, here's, here's what we, you know, here's what we feel really good that we can make happen. Here's some ways that we can work to make that happen. Um, but a lot of it's just being like, all right, let's just be really open to learning and both sides will pick things up and that will make years two, three, four, even better from what we learned in the start. For sure. I mean, I'm really interested to see how the company evolves over the next year, see how things start to change a little bit from what I'm familiar with and just just waiting for that like big thing where I'm like, oh man, look at that. Look what they did. And it's like this, these kinds of things that you can do when you're under a larger umbrella that you might not have been able to do on your own. I'm, I'm really interested to see some of those come up. Yeah. And same, same for me, right? I mean, there's already, there's definitely already small and medium things I can look at and say like, I would have not arrived here if it was just me making this decision or getting the information or doing the research on this. Like I've, I've already had some of And that's, it's, yeah. it's really, cool right and it's even realizing the ones where you even feel a little uncomfortable about it you have to say here's the silver lining in it or here's what i'm also gaining like um and that that piece is is really important um but it is it's it's just this balance though especially for someone when you've owned something just the the emotional stock that you have in it and when you don't own it anymore even though to you know it's really weird you could almost say that that is like not it's not real right it's like you have control, you have stock, you have a percentage of the company and you sell that and you get something tangible in exchange in in money. But it's really the emotional piece that changes mm-hmm. as much as your bank account or something else does. And that's oh, I can imagine. Yeah. That's but- yeah. And that's the really hard thing to articulate. And it's really interesting to watch how it hits everyone differently too, right? Like how it has hit me is mm-hmm. very different and how I've processed through it than how Mike Blumenthal has. Um, and I can only imagine right. for like Donna and Thomas, where they, you know, just had this cutoff and then they were out and now they're on the outside and, and watching things happen yeah. and curious and wondering what it's like. And, you know, probably still having background conversations with some of the team and whatever. But when you go to something that you were part of and then you're completely on the outside, man, that'd be weird know, looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally weird. So, yeah. Yeah. The whole thing is weird in, in many ways. Like, so in both positions, like staying on has its own weirdness, but completely leaving. I, for me, I, that'd be even weirder. I'd just be like, oh, okay, well, good luck with the company. The thing that I've been doing for the last 15 years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I definitely would have uh, felt that way. And like, you know, the the one thing I would share, um, you know, and I think it's important, especially is like you're trying to, you're trying to get like as much of anything, like your uh, emotional conditions in shape through all of this. Um, for me, it was really about finding like, what can I tie myself to do to that is like more of the normalcy that I'm into and that I'm engaged with and that makes me happy. Um, and then for me, it was like, it was these feature releases to start the year. Like I, there's, you know, and th- this 
is kind of the core of, of SaaS anyway, is ship code and sell. We talk a lot about it. I'd make fun of, you know, that being my mindset anyway, yep. but we shipped a lot of code in January and February. Right. And so it really, it really allowed me to tie into all those small pieces of getting excited, like as it gets into a, you know, a dev server and being able to test it mm-hmm. um, and getting into a production server and start to work through some of the marketing and the communications of it and beta testers using it and things like that. So it was like, we had all those cycles that easily allowed me as like some other things like needed more time to even out or sometimes you just need time for your emotions to settle down right. or you need to figure out how to articulate them. Like that gave me the the work to tie into that I like, I really love that I just said like, all right, focus all your energy on like this part that you really love. Um, and that like, that will help like guide you through as some of the other things even out. That makes sense. At least you get to maintain some normalcy in your everyday operation, you know? Yep, absolutely. Yep. So what are some like big gains, some like awesome things that have come out of this? Some of the things that you're recognizing are uh, valuable that from this acquisition? Yeah, I mean, personally getting to uh, operate with other smart people, right? It's like instantly you gain a group of people with right. different backgrounds, different experiences, different approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's been really great. I've enjoyed like the, um, the directors at uh, ASG and the people that I'm talking with, Francis, who heads up their product, um, and Caitlin in sales and marketing, and, and Lauren. Like these are people that I really enjoy the conversations with, and and like tackling problem solving and ideas and, and things like that with. So right. that part um, uh, has been a lot of fun. Uh, I've also just really enjoyed like I get to watch Alice in a position that my team would view me in. So I get to watch um, you know her operate in situations and how she engages and how she asks questions. Um, and, and to me, it's really interesting too, because I'm someone like my educational background is like massively minimal. And she's mm-hmm. someone who like undergrad was at Yale and um, her uh, master's uh, from uh, Stanford Business School. So like, you know, she's been to, to handling school training, like all of these things super sure. heavily. Yeah, yeah she's so, a real pro. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's been fun for me to watch those things and like pick up on like, oh, like y- you can just tell where some of those things derive from and yeah. also yeah. where some of the things just derive from who she is. So yeah. that's that's been a really cool thing for me um, personally. Just to, it's, it's always great when you're around smart, driven, caring um, people. That's it's fun. Yeah, great. Well, that's that's a huge win right there. Like you never really know. I guess you had a sense of it through the through the you know sales process about who you were selling to. But until you start working with them day to day, you never really know. So it's nice to hear that it worked out pretty well and that you're happy with uh, the leadership that's now kind of making the call the, sh- the major shots at gather up. Sounds good. Yeah. And then, you know, just as I touched on the other thing that's just really stood out to me is like working also with uh, the leadership and people making decisions that aren't as emotionally invested. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It, it has just been, it's been such an interesting exercise for me to watch how much emotion plays into how you make decisions and the effect it has on you and others and the la- the mm-hmm. degree of the, the decision and all those um, other things. So yeah. that's just been one, you know, it's not something where it's like, oh, I have, I have these answers or whatever on it, but um, it just, it's really made me aware of like how much emotion factors in decision. Can you give me an example of like a decision that you might have made that the company is, is a, you know, less emotional about and so they have a better perspective on it and, you know, what are the kinds of things that, like, I, I wonder what I do, right, as an emotional founder who decides what features we build and what 
what stuff we're going to do mostly on whim and how we're going to price things. Like, gosh, a lot of that stuff is just, you know, based off of my gut feeling, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the biggest one, and uh, I'm sure some sometime after all the dust settles on, on this, uh, we can definitely do an episode on it. But we basically have a, a change to our plans coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that, you know, I, I had mentioned before, we, we had started discussing this last summer before we ever got this offer or anything else. We knew we needed to do something differently. Yep. Um, so in the process of deciding this, because plans are tied to money and things like that, um, and uh, you know that the core essence of it is we're, you're shifting and we're removing a plan from our offering. Right. And within that, I, I looked at how I would have approached it, um, even to arrive at that we are going to sunset a plan versus other options and how you do things. Um, and I wouldn't have arrived as quickly or easily on the path that we're on. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when you look at it just numerically and you look at it strategically and like all these other things, it is such a 100%. When you look at it without emotion, you're like, that's absolutely the right decision. Um, But the minute you start clouding it with emotion, then you get into the yeah, buts and what if we did this and whatever else. And like, I easily can see that the emotion in it would have just added like a little more confusion, would added a lot more work. It would have distracted our focus, would have like done all these other things that are counterintuitive. Um, in the long run, because in the short term, it would have been just harder emotionally to handle what's there. Right, right, right. That's a great example. That makes a lot of sense. Like, would you even have thought of doing that? Or were you already thinking of doing it? Or they just came in and said, I think we should do this. It was like one of the things we were considering. Uh But I think we wouldn't have done it. I think we would have like, we would have emotionally argued why not to do it and gone something where like, all right, this is super safe, right? Yeah. (laughs) And, And in business, you can't always do the super safe, right? Like you have to stretch a little bit further for mm-hmm. the right reasons. Right, right. Um, so yeah, it. I, I just don't, it wouldn't have ended up uh, the same. And I'm really, I'm glad. I appreciate being pushed out of my emotional safety zone. Yeah. Do they have like some like financial smarts that they were able to look at your plans and pricing structure and stuff and say, yes, you know, we might lose a little bit on this, but we're going to make it back up on this. And so like they were able to kind of project and calculate that. They totally do. And, you know, ASG is a whole has like gone through this process in a few different flavors with multiple others of their products, not even just the MarTech products that we're about. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's definitely like guidance and background and that kind of stuff that's there that really helps on the confidence side with it. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel feel so lacking in that. I just don't have that that, that CFO ability to to do projections and figure out what the market value is for something and, and how to price things. You know, it's really hard to to do that unless you've studied it. I'm too busy building yeah. And, and I think it's easy. I mean, just look at anything though, that if if you just took uh, something to get uh, a friend or uh, a colleague you respect their opinion on something yep. and you just gave them facts on it or gave them spreadsheets on it or whatever else and said, all right, tell me what you do and what you'd think. Yep. Probably when they gave you that answer, you would then rebuttal it with emotional reasons why not to, because they can look at it and they're not worried about disappointing anyone or upsetting anyone or dealing with a hard conversation 
education mm. or any of that stuff, right? But like you, you know those inherently, you know your customers by name, like all those kind sure. of things. So yeah. your first reaction is like, no, 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 that's, you can't, you can't do that. And here's why, yeah. even though like <laughs> the math might be telling you, the facts are telling you everything else. It's, it's really interesting. Right, right. Yeah, that is really interesting. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I would definitely be in that emotional stage too, knowing how deep I am into like all of the aspects of the business. Yeah. Yep. And on that, you know, the one final thing that was really cool that just has happened in the last few weeks is our VP of customer success, who actually works in my office with me as yep. my lone recruit from uh, the town of, of city of Buffalo that I live in. Um, but Taylor was actually just promoted. And he now leads both the gather up team and great us who's our, you know, our sister company, but competitor in reviews. Oh, he's cool. leading both of those customer success teams now. Oh, um, so yeah. So really cool for our team to already see that there's, you know, career opportunities and, and bigger things and, and ways it can mm. be pushed. So it was, re- that's a really interesting thing. Like the ability that, uh, okay, now with a larger corporate structure, all your employees just got a bigger ceiling, you know, like the ceiling just got expanded for them. Yep. Absolutely. So that, that's been really cool. Taylor is super deserving. I know he's going to do a, a great job um, running both. And um, so, but that was, that's just a really cool thing that already within the first four months that someone on our team has been elevated into a, a bigger structure within uh, the company. Yeah, so. that's great. Wow. Interesting. It's, it's such a, a really great topic. I'm, I'm so grateful to have you sharing it with me and I guess with all our podcast list- listeners as well. I get to hear it first, I suppose, since <laughs> we're recording it. But yeah, I just I love this topic and it's so great to have uh, you know a close friend go through it and uh, lead the way for us. This, these are great episodes. Well, happy to do it. I hope, uh, you know, hope it's been helpful in some lights. Again, I always want to point out like this is just our story in it and my story in it. Yep, like sure. um, yep. uh, results may vary as the weight loss commercials always tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, I really think the things that if you're going to gleam out of this three-part series is like um, uh, just a lot on the emotional side of things, how to approach things, what they really mean, how to decipher, how to make decisions and all this. Like, yep. um, But, you know, also finding, as you've heard me call out, like find the trusted people um, that can help you at, at the different points with it. Trust your gut, do your due diligence, right? There's like all these characteristics, no matter the structure of the deal and how it looks and whatever else, but you, you have to rely on those things for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's been very educational. I look forward to seeing, you know, how it goes over the next six months to a year too. It'd be, it'd be exciting to watch Gather Up Evolve under this uh, new direction, slightly new direction. You know, things, your roadmap's you mostly the same, but, you know, as you talked about with, with the plans and pricing changes and those kinds of things, how it's like, there will be some changes and it'd be really exciting for me to see how they impact business. Yep. We'll see them. We'll talk about them yep. and uh, we'll go from there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Darren. I uh, I appreciate you being my, uh, you know, Davenport I can lay on and uh, this probably psychologically has is, is been good for me too to rehash it and lay it out there and even turn some of the hard things into something that's hopefully helpful for the next person. So, yeah. Well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, it's been great. Cool. All, All right. right. Well, with that, everybody, we will wrap. We're at an hour, of course, uh, our longest episode to date, and we yeah. could probably keep going. But, um, you know, if you're someone that maybe you're out running and you listen to us, you just probably ran an extra mile. So you can thank us for that. Totally. <laughs> Uh, as always, um, you know, please feel free to uh, share uh, any of our episodes uh, on the social media channels. 
please feel free to drop us a review. Please feel free to connect with us on social media uh, or drop us uh, any feedback you have for us. Uh, always willing to incorporate that or trying to answer things you want to know about. So yeah, do those uh, things. Do that. Yes. Yes. We want to <laughs> hear from you. So yeah. uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. And uh, Darren, hopefully we'll uh, talk to you again in a, in a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. We'll see do it. How things are going because I know from your world, something is going to launch in the next weeks. <laughs> every two weeks, I launch something new every two weeks. That's what I keep telling the team. Yeah. <laughs> How long is that going to be? Two weeks. Uh, awesome. So great. All right. Take care, Darren. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. See ya. All right. See you, everybody.